These are our people, how a street-based therapy service is tackling San Francisco's drugs crisis. In a side street off a busy thoroughfare in San Francisco's south of Market, so M.A., neighborhood, dozens of people with nowhere else to go have set up home. There are tents and tarps, plywood and cardboard shelters, and trolleys full of belongings lining the alley, as traffic from the Route 80 freeway thunders overhead. For the last couple of years this street has also been home to the Harm Reduction Therapy Center, HRTC, a psychotherapy service with a difference, offering an open-door policy to people using drugs. There's a reason they opened their first building-based drop-in center right here. These are our people, says Director of Programs Anna Berg as she looks around at the encampment. Being close, being able to be responsive to what folks are needing and to build community right where the community is that's what we like to do at HRTC. But Berg is painfully aware that many of their people currently find themselves in the eye of an increasingly polarized storm of debate about how to solve San Francisco's opioid crisis. Like many large cities across the United States, fentanyl, a cheap-to-make synthetic opioid, has taken hold here and the death toll is still rising. By the end of July there had been a total of 473 overdose deaths in this city, which has a population of about 800,000, putting it on track to surpass its 2020 annual record of 725 overdose deaths. It's also in the grip of a housing crisis. In California, minimum wage earners have to work nearly 90 hours a week to afford a one-bedroom apartment, a recent study found. And then there's the mental health element. More than 13,600 people suffering from mental illness were taken to San Francisco hospitals on an involuntary basis over a 12-month period, according to figures released this February. The issues cannot easily be untangled. As of August 2022, government statistics showed almost half of the 19,000 people who had experienced homelessness in the last year had either a substance use or serious mental health disorder and 35% had both. When Mayor London Breed, a black woman who grew up in the chaos of the projects and whose sister died of an overdose, was elected in 2019, there was hope that this self-described pragmatic progressive would have answers. She formed SF Mental Health in the year she took office, with a crisis-focused street team and an increase in mental health beds and treatment services. That December she declared a state of emergency in Tenderloin, the downtown area at the heart of the crisis, and a month later put funding in place for a linkage center, offering respite from the street and access to support for drug users. But 11 months later she closed the center, claiming it wasn't working. She called for tough love-like involuntary treatment orders and hit out at the harm-reduction-focused approach with a claim that compassion is killing people. The city says it's spending record amounts on programs. But those working with the city's most vulnerable claim the mayor is overly influenced by real estate owners and vocal tech giants. Meanwhile, they are forced to step in to help those ricocheting from the hospital to the street, to a drug treatment service, and back again. The battle is raging in the courts, too. Last week, the city was denied its request to modify an order that temporarily bans the city from clearing street encampments without first offering people alternative shelter options. Critics of the Coalition on Homelessness, which took the initial legal action, include tech giant Elon Musk who last month called for a boycott on the law firm Latham and Watkins for providing support to the not-for-profit. But from the perspective of organizations like the Harm Reduction Therapy Center, 
what's needed is more compassion, not less, as well as work that gets to the heart of what's driving people's problems. Its approach is one based on relationship building. What is really an antidote to chaotic drug use is connection, says Berg. It's community, people noticing you and welcoming you and making space for you just as you are. Come as you are, take what you need, leave when you're ready, is HRTC's slogan, expressing their client knows best philosophy and belief that whether people come to their building-based or street services, and whether they take part in talk therapy or just enjoy the food and music or pick up clean needles, every interaction can be therapeutic. This is a response to the catch-22 situation people turned away from mental health services because staff insisted they first needed to address their substance use, and vice versa, too often find themselves in. That's an ongoing issue that's also been highlighted in Scotland for decades. In a report published last September the Mental Welfare Commission for Scotland found that people with both mental health and substance use problems were often bounced between mental health services and addiction services. It found little awareness of joined-up working that, would allow, people with a substance, drug or alcohol, use problem, to, access mental health care at the point of treatment. More than numbers to us, how a homeless project is preventing Scottish drug deaths. Dr. Arun Chopra, the Commission's medical director, told the ferret, Our report shows that there remains a gap in implementing what policies suggest should already be happening for this vulnerable group. Stigma, a lack of trauma-informed services and silo working within some statutory services are real barriers. Third sector organizations are key to helping reduce these barriers, he claims. But some working in frontline services are struggling to find ways around them. Despite recommendations from the Drug Deaths Task Force last July that this issue was addressed, not enough has changed according to those affected. From our perspective and experience there are still huge challenges around people being seen as having a dual diagnosis, explains Claire Longmuir, Harm Reduction Manager of Simon Community Scotland. There's an expectation for a person to be drug-free or presenting as not under the influence of substances in order to engage in support around their mental health. There is a sense of needing to prove that you are ready to access mental health support through reducing or abstaining from substance use. The only support people receive is when it reaches crisis point and even then it can be challenging accessing appropriate, timely and trauma-informed care. Meanwhile in San Francisco, HRTC co-founder Pat Denning explains it was this very problem that led her to set up the center more than two decades ago. Her background was in therapy but her work with HIV patients in 1980s San Francisco brought her into contact with the difficulties people using drugs were having getting help. The inhumane treatment on offer shocked her. They used to say in treatment, you can either be crazy or an addict, but you can't be both, she says wryly. The division between problematic substance use and mental ill health, she insists, is a wholly unhelpful one. It's a very false distinction. Stigma, a lack of trauma-informed services and silo working within some statutory services are real barriers. Dr. Arun Chopra, Mental Welfare Commission for Scotland. The approach she and fellow founder Jeannie Little took was to offer radical hospitality and to make therapy appealing and relevant to the lives of those whom they wanted to serve. As a therapist, she says, that means not turning anyone away as they might be in more traditional therapeutic services. That sense of inclusion extends to the environment, she says. 
so we make sure that people's entry into the place is as welcoming as possible. If there's a front desk person they are specifically trained to accept anybody who walks in the door. Bright colors, comfortable furniture and good food all send signals to people that they belong, she says. Regular clinics are held on the street, including a long-standing one on Wednesday afternoon next to a small park off Folsom and 6th Street. Here, people living on the streets, in the nearby homeless shelters and hotels, or even just in the neighborhood, can pick up food or harm reduction supplies and enjoy the on-site R&B tunes, explains street therapist Jose Morilla. He considers these simple interactions as a window allowing the on-site therapists to build relationships. If someone wants to talk, he is one of five therapists on standby, who can provide a session on the street corner, at a nearby picnic bench or even while taking a walk around the park. The best benefit is that we meet people where they are at, Morilla explains. We don't have to go through a process of setting up an appointment or the bureaucracy of having people check in at a clinic. A lot of people have done that already. And for many reasons, it didn't work. Meanwhile this approach not only has an impact on their mental health, he says, but also on their substance use. Over time you'll see people reducing the harms, either cutting back on substances or doing it in a safer way, where there's less risks, he says. Sometimes we see people who quit substance use and go into some type of rehab. Anna Berg, who was a therapist at this street service before taking over as program director, explains that her frustration with the city's approach is that it seems uninterested in getting to the root causes of the crisis, such as trauma. The increased rise in overdose deaths are absolutely devastating, she says. And the response is oh, it's fentanyl, fentanyl everywhere. And yes, absolutely, there's a lot of fentanyl here in San Francisco. That is a big part of the problem. But we should be asking why are people using? What are the conditions that help folks change? These things are complicated and we want to offer some connection points where folks can talk about all of that. She's also painfully aware of the limitations of what they can do in the face of crisis with a small team and limited funding. When the linkage center in Tenderloin was open they were funded to provide just one therapist even though about 300 people were using the space most days. But she hopes its approach of radical inclusion can inspire change. Today we're on the street beside a park, she says. We're talking and creating community and everybody is okay. Everybody's got space. Everybody can have room. Everybody in the neighborhood is welcome. And we like to model that in hopes that our neighbors, and our city, can remember that everybody matters, everyone is important. The San Francisco audio package was edited by Flora Zajcek. Find out more about this story, and other solutions to health inequalities, by listening to our podcast, The Ferret Investigates the Health Gap. This article is part of our Mind the Health Gap project, funded by the European Journalism Centre, through the Solutions Journalism Accelerator, a fund supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This ferret story was also published with Sunday National. Our partnerships with other media help us reach new audiences and become more sustainable as a media co-op. Join us to read all our stories and tell us what we should investigate next.